It is Locked on Jazz for the 29th of March. Is there a chance the Utah Jazz are going to be okay? Or is everything just rotten? I'll make the case of why they might be okay. One thing that has to be figured out of this team, and hopefully they get a chance to do it over the next six games, and where do we sit in regards to the play-in game? It's a real possibility. We'll talk about it coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow! You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. We are free and available for you on all platforms, including YouTube, as you can hit that little button right there that says subscribe. It's free. Then you hit the bell and you get notified whenever we go live. We're also uh, follow us on all of our various podcast providers. A good morning to the live YouTube crew that jumped in. Likes me on the West Coast because the show is a little later. Lacey and Mark and Jay and Chad and Jamie and Andy and Richard and Lee. Good morning. Glad to have you guys aboard. Are we going to be okay? Let's go with a theory here on why we're going to be okay. So let's say you're a junior in high school. And as a junior in high school, you decide you're going to be the best student in your class. And you're there's a bunch of people around you in that class. They're kind of known to be the smart kids, and they're known to be the most talked about. But you've just, you're going to surprise them all. You're going to be the upstart. And you're going to go be the best student there is out there for your junior year in high school. And you bust your butt. And despite all the accolades going other places and all the big, all the kids who have the tutors and the parents that give them all the backing and you don't have that, you're, you're just a, you're a middle class, maybe, uh, somewhat socioeconomically challenged kid and you're you're hanging at this at this elite private school with the richie riches of the rich who have every single talent uh you know tutor and this and that and their dads went to harvard and their moms went to stanford and they've got you know nannies and you're, you're you're coming home and your parents are working and and you're gonna you're gonna prove to all these all these blue bloods that you can that you can do this, that you can become the number one student your junior year in high school and and you fight and fight and fight and fight and fight and you do everything right and and you do it. And you're you look at the cumulative test scores of the entire year of your junior year and you are far and away the best student in the school. And they announce, you know what, actually, to really choose who the best student in the school is, we're going to take the top 50% of the students and have a new contest. And we're going to do this new students for this 50%, and then we'll crown the best student in the school at the end of this 50% of these. of these. So we eliminate 50%. 
they were smoking pot behind the gym. They 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 weren't really engaged. They 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 you know they didn't care. They 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 decided to you know I guess now they're chewing gummies in the bathroom. But so like that was a total nineteen eighties reference to my high school years. Um. So anyway, uh. So you you take the other fifty percent and you put them in this new contest, and then while this new contest is going on, you get the flu. And you get a little weird case of vertigo, and you have a brutal head cold, and you can't perform to your best, and then someone else gets crowned the best student. And they completely ignore what you did. In fact, the other students start to kind of chirp at you. Like, oh, like they grade you, to minimize you. And then the outside, like the colleges, and the people that like are judging you suddenly say to you, "Nah, we don't really think that your ju- your whole year has any value to you in your junior year because you didn't do well in that last contest, despite the fact you had that cold and the flu and you got COVID. Let's go with that. Like you got COVID, and 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 they and they decide to completely de- devalue." Everything you did during that year, the colleges aren't interested in that. They say we only care about what you do in that final little contest at the end for 50 percent. And now you're embarking upon your senior year after that experience. So you've 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 proven yourself as the economically challenged kid that you can be just as smart as all the the elite one percenter Richie Riches. And you've worked your way up and then they they. And now they've not only devalued what you did, but they've chirped at you a little bit. Oh, look at you! Your 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 pants are out. You're, like they're they're making fun of you. They they talk about your outfits being cheap, and you don't have the new glasses and do you, all that crap, right? And, and you still got the group that's smoking pot behind the gym. All right, so you're still and you look at it, and you're like, you know what? Like most of the world, most of my class is doing gummies in the bathroom and smoking pot in the bathroom. I can be in that top 50%. How hard are you going to work your senior year? How hard are you going to work your senior year? If that has just happened to you, your junior year, how hard are you going to work your senior year? What are you going to do? You're going to get yourself. Now, let's say, and let's say, for example, you have a tutor. I know it ruins my analogy. But, all right, let's go with you have a mentor. How stereotypical do we want to get? Does the mentor come from the Boys and Girls Club? Like, are we just going to take every freaking stereotype of American society and throw it out there? So you have a mentor from the community club that you go to. And the mentor during that junior year has just pounded you and pounded you and prepared you and pounded you and pounded you and prepared you and prepared you. And now you start your senior year and that mentor comes to you and starts pounding and you're looking at him like, what are you talking about? There is no chance that I am going through that rigor again. And by the way, I didn't get my regular summer vacation. They shortened my summer. And I didn't get the summer vacation before to do all this. I've lost two summer vacations so that I could get belittled and ridiculed and minimized and feel like crap for all that work and get no reward for my junior year that I put in at all, in any way, shape, or form, and now you're telling me that I, uh uh-uh, wrong. No chance. And that mentor keeps trying and trying and trying. No chance. 
then you probably, you know, aren't, you know, who knows? I was going to say you don't take as good a care of yourself because you get start getting sick late in the year. I don't think our guys are not taking care of themselves, so that was a bad analogy. Um, I hadn't thought this all the way through, but that's where we are. This is our senior year after our junior year with all the colleges telling us that they don't care what we just did, with the school diminishing the fact that we were the number one student in school, with us being belittled and ridiculed and told about how it doesn't matter what we do until we get to the postseason. I don't believe in the Jazz until we get to the postseason. Like That is literally what every single person across the country has said about this team every single day. Why would our guys go bust their ass in the regular season? It's not even like an issue of if they, it's human instinct. It's human instinct. I mean, and then there's some other aspects that make the senior year hard. Like one of your best friends moved, right? Like one of the, one of your best friends moved during the year and you got new classmates to work on projects with you've never seen before. And one of them came in and he's like a 17th year senior and he's, Looks really old and hasn't been as good as you'd expect. Sorry, Rudy. Okay. I'm trying to get a laugh. Uh, So that's where I feel like we are. And now it's like getting a little tight, right? Like the injury report was a little better last night. Maybe Boyan, maybe Daniel, maybe Rudy. Thank goodness Donovan's not on. I was 100% wrong on that. I just thought thought Donovan would sit for a little while. And the fact is... The they now, as we'll get into later in the show, have got to got to play. Like they're a little in jeopardy. Like they they they've screwed this up a little bit. Their mentor was like pushing them, and they were like, "I don't want to hear it." And, and then a few things went wrong, and then they, you know, they lost internet connection on a night where they had to study for a major test, and all of a sudden they're like, "Oh crap!" Like I I, I got to get into the fifty percent. Like, that's kind of where they are right now. And so in that sense, is this season really that surprising? All season long, they've lost, they've they've looked off, right? Never once have we really felt like, oh, they're driving like last year. But why would they? Really? And whether they know it or not, that's what I think is most fascinating about this. This... Let me elaborate on that in a second here. Uh, Today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at Murdoch Chevy, located at uh, 4646 South State Street, also located in Logan and in Linden. Uh, I am so excited to come home and see my Murdoch Hyundai Santa Fe uh, that I will be waiting for me at when I get to the airport today. Uh, I have my son's car at the airport and I cannot wait. I've driven a car in 12 days. the Hyundai, the Murdochs are incredible. Uh, the number one thing right now is that Blake has said we will not charge more than MSRP. I mean, literally, my dad was looking at a car. In he was looking at the uh, Ionic electric Hyundai, and we were going to buy it in Utah because it's so much cheaper. Just because of the fact that you know, remarkably, the uh, Murdochs are not charging more than MSRP. If you are going to uh, look at a car right now. I can set you up with a VIP meeting at any of the three locations in Linden, Logan, or in 4646 South State Street. If you're looking for a sedan for the summer, uh, take a look at the Elantra. It was a North American car of the year. It's Murdoch Hyundai, located at 4646 South State Street, also in Logan 
and linted. Today's show is also brought to you by NBA Top Shot, the officially licensed NFT of the NBA. Connect with a passionate community of NBA fans across the globe. Build your collection with your favorite moments from NBA history. NBA Top Shot is the future of what being an NBA fan looks like in part trading cards, part stock market, part fantasy with a built-in loyalty program. NBA Top Shot has evolved trading cards and made it easier to buy, sell, trade by removing the hassles of card grading, shoe boxes, binders, 24-7 peer-to-peer marketplace lets you scroll through all your favorite players and teams. And once you find the moment you've been looking for, you can buy it with a couple of clicks. Now I hear all the time, why would I buy something that I can watch on YouTube? And I tell people, it's not about watching a highlight. It's about having ownership in the stock market of the NBA's greatest moments. Head over to LockedOn.NBATopShot.com to build your collection today. That's locked on. NBA Top Shot for building your own collection today. Pack, pull some moments, get to your LeBron or KD or Cade Cunningham or Evan Mobley or Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert. Go do it at LockedOn.NBATopShot.com to build your collection today. I want to put my calls over plays and make them NBA Top Shots. Can I do that? I don't think I have the rights to do it digitally. I've thought about it before, but I'm pretty sure I don't have the rights to do it. It'd be cool to put my highlight call over play and then you guys could like go get them. I think that'd be cool. Does anybody know how I do that? Um, All right. Here's the last part about this that I think is the most fascinating. If I brought that analogy I just did to open the show to the players, they'd totally tell me I'm wrong. We've been battling. Yeah. You just don't, like, it's the same way as an NBA play-by-play announcer. I, I I can tell you there's, like, there's nights when I prep harder than other nights, right? And. You know, it's interesting. I was saying to someone the other night, like I'm grinding right now as hard as I ever have. Usually at this time of the year, I'm not. I'm I'm actually kind of slowing down, waiting for the playoffs. And I think because I had the month off in the middle, this just feels like a funky season. And I do think I do think that January exhausted people. The stress of January was the more I talked to guys was overwhelming. So as much as I would have liked to be on the road, it sounds like it was pretty awful to be just around dropping people in various cities with COVID and knowing that everybody was getting COVID and that they were getting Omicron variant just by being around each other and all that. So I do think that there's a psychological element to this, that the players would probably deny being true. All right. Um, So why should we be hopeful though? So let's dig into a few things. Understanding that I just don't think we've been at full strength at any point. Here's a few interesting little notes here on the season. Let's start with lineup data. So first of all, the most obvious one is we're 27 and 11 when we're right. So even when, you know, we haven't been great all season and like the losing streak right now is that, you know, quite frankly, we're, we're not at full health. Like, that's not rocket science to figure out right now. You know, we're missing four. I, I'm a little surprised by the reaction. Like, I can't handle this anymore. And da-da-da. Like, I find that some of that really foolish. Like, we were missing four of eight rotation players, and you couldn't, like, figure out that you might be watching a game you're going to lose. And you were st- so you were reactionary afterwards. That's, that's a little funky to me. But let's take some things that might make us look at. So if you look at the top lineups in the NBA that have played 500 minutes this year, uh, the the fifth, the sixth best in the NBA is Conley, Mitchell, Royce, Boyan, and Rudy. Still really good, right? The best is Boston. The second best is Minnesota when they have Beverly. Third is Miami when they have their crew. Fourth is interestingly is New Orleans with uh, Devontae Graham, Jason Hart, not who's not on the team anymore. Charlotte is fifth, interestingly enough. 
and then without Gordon Hayward, and then sixth is Utah. Phoenix's best lineup is not as good as Utah's best lineup. Phoenix's best lineup, which is their starting lineup, comes in at a plus 8.1. Jazz starting lineup comes in at 10.5. And unlike last year, we actually don't have another lineup that, that plays that many minutes. So let's go to 300 minutes as our next kind of barrier, or uh, 300 possessions. Now the best lineup in the NBA is Atlanta has the best lineup in the NBA of Trey Young, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Kevin Herter, John Collins, and Clint Capella. We have the fourth best lineup in the NBA at that point, and it's our bridge lineup. But it's with Joe Ingles. And this is the piece of the puzzle we still have to figure out, and we really haven't yet. So that lineup with Joe Ingles in the middle with Rudy Gay, Rudy Gobert, is a plus 18.4. It didn't shoot it great, but it did everything else pretty well. It was a great offensive rebounding team. It was a good defensive lineup. And as much as 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 Joe Ingles was off, we've got to solve that. We'll get to that in a second. Scan down about the tenth best lineup in the game is Donovan Mitchell, Jordan Clarkson, Royce O'Neal, Bogdan Bogdan Boyan Bogdanovich, and Hassan Whiteside. And then you scan down and you get to our starters. So we suddenly have three of the top fifteen lineups in the NBA. Let's make sure I'm right on that. I'm kind of scanning. It's top sixteen. So, three plus 10 lineups that are in the top 16. There is not another team in the NBA that has three of their lineups in the top 15. And now, all of a sudden, if we're healthy and we're right and we're that piece of glass crystal or glass sculpture that I talk about with the light reflecting perfectly and all the pieces together, we actually suddenly have, can really start to link the night together if... We can figure out the bridge lineup. But we have not had a chance to figure out the bridge lineup because we just have not been healthy enough to do it. The idea is it's going to be a very different lineup. It's going to have Daniel House in there. And then I just don't know if it has Rudy Gay, Juancho Herman Gomez, Eric Pascal. You know, Rudy Gay has just not been very good this year. And I said the whole time, I only care what he is in the playoffs. And it is testing my mettle to hold to that. Because he's just not been very good or at the level you'd want him to be. Juancho Herman Gomez has been pretty good. Like when Boyan Bogdanovich comes back, do you suddenly play Juancho Hernan Gomez in that spot where Rudy Gay is? And now that bridge lineup is way different than it's ever been before. Instead of George Niang, you have Juancho Herman Gomez. And instead of Joe Ingles, you have Daniel House. And it's a kind of an activity lineup with scores and Conley and Clarkson and not great spacing, like you've gone from a 44% three-point shooter in Joe Ingles to a 35% shooter in Daniel House. But you have defense of somebody who can defend in that lineup, which we didn't used to have. And you have Herman Gomez's energy, and you still have Rudy. Like, maybe. Like, that's a huge question mark. That's a huge question mark. Um, and so, I think that you, I think when you look at that, you have to figure out, you know, that's probably the biggest issue of if we're all right. And the issue is, can we figure out how to play that bridge lineup without Joe Ingles? Because when you do look at the lineups, we suddenly have, right, you you, ver- you know, that, that 
That other lineup that's good is Donovan Mitchell, Jordan Clarkson, Royce O'Neal, Boyan Bogdanovich, and Hassan Whiteside. Well, that's our second line. Like, so we're really only, once we hit the playoffs, we're only playing three lineups, and all three of them are plus 10 or more if we can figure out the bridge lineup. Right? That's the whole question of the loss of Joe Ingles to the ACL and, frankly, to before that, to the loss of Joe Ingles to just aging and fatigue and contract stuff and all the rest, you know, can he, can we find a way to be really good in those middle minutes? That That's the bridge lineup to me is less. The thing that's unique on the bridge lineup that gives me hope, another positive hope thought, is that the bridge lineup has just shot ungodly badly. Like it is in about the third percentile of all lineups in regards to uh, effective field goal percentage. And I just can't believe that to be true. The other one is we've just played a ton of guys. If you go and take all of our guys that don't play off the floor, we can start to try to get a pretty good offensive team out there. What is interesting, though, quite frankly, is when you eliminate Joe Ingles from us and you you get all of our, you know, you only have our best players on the floor for a number one offensive team in the league, we somehow are not, don't have a lot of great offensive lineups. And that's what we're going to have to figure out. So Dan, Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson, Daniel House, Rudy Gay, and, Ru- and Rudy Gobert have shot 43.5% effective field goal percentage, but have been great defensively. Here's a crazy one. Here's the craziest one for you to understand why we might be all right when we come back. I'll give it to you. This is, I think this will blow your mind. If I've done this correctly, I did it twice to make sure, because I hate to be wrong on this. I think this will blow your mind when we, uh, and maybe understand, and then we'll look at where we sit in regards to the play-in, which is like, it's staring us right in the face. Today's show is brought to you by True Bill. It's pretty interesting. It's a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscription in one tap. And Truebill Concierge is there where you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users and helped save them over $100 million. I have uh, done Truebill as well. It's also kind of fun to monitor all your spending if you give them access uh, and you see what's going on. So uh, don't fall for subscription scan. Start scan- canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now to Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands. Today's show is also brought to you by Rock Auto. You know Rock Auto, amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. Save time, save money. Why are you spending 30 to 50 to 100% more on parts from a chain store or car dealership when you don't need to? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers with their unique, easy-to-navigate, old-school website that gives you reliably low prices to every customer, whether you're an expert, a do-it-yourselfer, a professional, whoever you might be, whether your hair is purple, green, or orange, or normal. Purple, orange would be normal, too. 
Green, I don't think is biologically possible. Go to rockauto.com. What is normal? Rockauto.com right now with all your parts, your car or truck, right? Locked on in the how'd you hear about a section. When you get the amazing selection, reliably low prices, all parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. All right. I want to make sure I did this right. I'm so nervous about this. All right. I have taken Denzel Valentine, Elijah Hughes, Eric Paschal, Jared Butler, Joe Ingles, Malik Fitz, Mia Oni, Norvell Pell, Nikal Alexander-Walker, Trent Forrest, Doke Azabuke, Xavier Sneed, and Zillin Chatham off the floor. I have left the possibility of Boyan Bogdanovich, Daniel House, Donovan Mitchell, Hassan Whiteside, Jordan Clarkson, Juan Cho Herman Gomez, Mike Conley, Royce O'Neal, Ray, Rudy Gay, and Rudy Gobert. Okay. That group has played a grand total of 513 possessions together. Is that right? No, I got to fix that. One mistake coming. That group has played 2,700 possessions together. Is a plus 10. Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Royce O'Neal, Boyan Dogdanovich, Rudy Gobert, plus 10.5. Donovan Mitchell, Jordan Clarkson, Royce O'Neal, Boyan Bogdanovich, Hassan Whiteside, plus 12. Donovan Mitchell, Jordan Clarkson, Royce O'Neal, Boyan Bogdanovich, Rudy Gare, plus 12. Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Royce O'Neal, Boyan Bogdanovich, Hassan Whiteside, plus 21. Wait, 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 wait. All of those had Boyan Bogdanovich in it. So if you don't have Joe Ingles and you don't have Boyan Bogdanovich, you might not be good. Like, we may have learned that here. Like, this injury to Boyan might have been more significant. Let's go to the next one. Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson, Daniel House, Rudy Gay, Rudy Gobert. That's plus six. That's the bridge lineup we're trying to figure out. Donovan Mitchell, Jordan Clarkson, Royce O'Neal, Boyan Bogdanovich, Rudy Gay at center, minus 30. We're not running that in the playoffs. We're not playing Rudy Gay at center in the playoffs. So there's your negative lineup. Your next negative lineup is Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Royce O'Neal, Hernan Gomez, and Rudy Gobert, minus 11.6. I mean, if Boyan can do it, I'm playing him 36 in the playoffs. And I'm playing him the first 12 minutes of the first quarter and the second in the last eight minutes of, in the last six minutes of the third. And I'm blowing out the bridge lineup. We talked about this the other day. We can figure out the bridge lineup. The bridge lineup might just be getting rid of it. And then linking three minutes of Donovan Mitchell, Jordan Clarkson, Royce O'Neal, Rudy Gay, or Juancho Herman Gomez, or some combination without Boyan on the floor, in the middle of that second quarter from the nine-minute mark to the six-minute mark. And playing some Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson, Daniel House, Rudy Gay, Rudy Gobert to open up the third quarter, second quarter. And then we're all right. But how desperate is our situation? All right, let's go to our playoff predictor. Here's what's happened so far. Last night, um, the Warriors lost their fifth of six the Grizzlies and the Denver got a big win against the Hornets at 58%. Tonight is massive. Tonight and tomorrow, Minnesota plays tomorrow against the Raptors. That game is huge. Tonight we have a 60% win probability over the Clippers and Dallas has an 85% win probability over the Lakers. Looking at what's happened so far with certain wins, so of our certain wins, the teams are a combined 4-0. Our should wins, which were 60 to 80%. Teams are 2-3 and three because the Warriors are 0-2. Oh 
Our pickums, which are 50-50s, were five and seven. It's pretty interesting. Our unlikely wins, which was 20 to 40, were 0 and 7. And our no chance wins, there was only one. It was Golden State, and they won it. So this is actually like we're actually underperforming right now as a group, these Western Conference playoff teams. But it's going somewhat to scale. With the adjustments of what's happened so far, the Warriors have one more should win game. They have four more pick em games, and they have one more unlikely. I project them to win three more games the rest of the way. And they end up with they end up with 51 wins. For the Jazz, I play them out, and I think that we will we're, we'll win our two certain wins. We have four should wins. Let's say we win three. That's six wins. We have a pick them. That's seven. If we do that, we're okay. we get to 50 wins. Feels like that might be a little much for us right now, depending on health. We back that down one. We have two more certain wins. We win those. We win two of our four should wins. That's four. We win our pick them or somewhere in there. That's five. That gets us to 40, 49 wins. My current projection without boring you through this is Dallas at 49, Denver at 51, and Minnesota at 48. So I have the Warriors two less than we originally started, the Jazz two less than we started, Dallas two less, Denver where I had them, and Minnesota where I had them. So as of right now, I see Denver, Golden State tying for 3-4, Utah, Dallas tying for 5-6, and a one game ahead of Minnesota. So the playing game is real. And all of a sudden, with Paul George returning tonight, the Jazz need to win. Now, let's go look at what the odds maker, the ESPN basketball BPMI projections has Denver at 49, has the Warriors at 51, Dallas at 50, Utah and Denver at 49, and Minnesota at 47. That will change dramatically if they were to beat the Raptors tomorrow. So they have us at 49 also. They have Denver at 49. They have Golden State at 51. They have Dallas. So they have Golden State 3, Dallas 4, us us winning the tiebreaker at 5 over Denver and playing Dallas in the first round of the playoffs. On the road. 538. Has the Mavericks at 51, the Warriors at 51, the Jazz at 50, the Nuggets at 49, and the Timberwolves at 48. 538 always loves us. Still has a 10% chance of us making the finals. That would have the Warriors and the Mavericks tied at 3-4. Don't know who has that tiebreaker. The Jazz at 5, the Nuggets at 6, and the Timberwolves at 7. Basketball reference projects the Warriors at 51.7, Dallas at 50.4. Utah at 49.5 and Denver at 48.5. And the Wolves at 47. They have our chances as 34% is the number one seed, 40% is the five seed, 16% is the six seed, and a 1.8% chance of playing in the playing game still. That's pleasant. That's at least comforting. All right. We'll see. It is locked on jazz your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. For your second listen, go grab Locked On Now and recap what happened or 
of the in the night of the NBA or the NHL, and I can't wait till we do this in baseball. Talk to you soon. Have a good one. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.